Welcome back, parents of Dallas ISD. We are so thrilled to present the latest episode of Elevated Engagement. This episode of Elevated Engagement is focusing on many important topics such as Texas public education, the potential special session, school funding issues and concerns, private school subsidies, and a little bit more about the current state of education in Texas. Our goal, as always, is to keep you as informed as possible and as engaged as possible. So we invite you to submit any questions that you might have on the topics covered in this episode on the Google form linked in the description of this podcast. The Google form will also be shared on our Facebook and Instagram and in the monthly parent newsletter. In addition, we are delighted to announce that John DeLander, Dallas ISD Chief of Partnerships and Intergovernmental Relations, will be our special guest this week. John is going to come on and share all of his valuable insights on the topics and discuss what the district needs from parents and community members just like you. Thank you for joining us and being an active participant in your child's education. We have a lot to cover this week, so let's get started. Parents, we are thrilled to announce this week on Elevated Engagement that we will be joined by Mr. John DeLander. Mr. DeLander will be discussing the latest developments in the Texas education system and sharing this important information with all of you. It is vital for you to be aware of these updates so that you can make informed decisions and necessary resources to fully understand the situation the districts all over the states are facing. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the podcast, John. Chelsea, great to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the program. We are super, super excited. Um, just to get started, John, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about you and what you do for the district? Thank you, Chelsea. Yes, uh, I am a proud graduate of Dallas ISD. I went to WTY High School. I'm also a proud parent within the school district. All of my kids have gone to Dallas ISD. In fact, I still have two daughters who are attending schools within Dallas ISD. And my role with the district is I get to work with you and I get to work with the family and community engagement staff. I get to work with our Dallas Education Foundation. I get to work with school partnerships. And then one of my roles is working in intergovernmental relations, which works with the city and the county and uh, with the state. And so, uh, so essentially that's my role is trying to follow what's going on citywide, statewide on issues that impact our schools and trying to put our best foot forward as a school district. Okay, awesome. And today's episode is going to cover a lot about the potential special session, public funding, and the private school subsidy. How do you tie your involvement with the district into these? Well, I'm an interested parent, obviously. Um, and so I take this very personally and, and I'm very passionate about it. And um, so, yeah, my role is to make sure that we are uh, representing ourselves in Austin, uh, that we are uh, constantly talking with our state lawmakers and letting them know uh, how we feel about certain issues that are coming before them and trying to make sure that our schools are adequately funded um, and that we can we can do the things for students that we know that they need. Um, and certainly funding uh, ties with it uh, salaries for everybody, uh, which includes our, our beloved teachers, uh, our teacher aides, everybody who works in our schools. And so uh, following the legislature, which gives us the lion's share of our money in Dallas ISD is an important thing. Awesome. I understand, John, that there will likely be a special legislative session called by Governor Greg Abbott to deal with everything that is going on with private school subsidies and what we're facing in the district and public funding in Texas. 
Why are we, as Dallas ISD, calling them private school subsidies versus private school vouchers? Right. Well, that's the way that we look at them. Um, there is this idea that uh, private school vouchers are some kind of panacea that they're going to uh, to make all schools better and that they're going to help all kids. Uh, we don't necessarily believe that's necessarily believe that's the case. We've done enough research. We've looked at other states. If any one of us felt like uh, this program uh, would actually help kids, we'd support it. But uh, the way that we look at it is this is essentially giving taxpayer dollars, public taxpayer dollars to private schools. Um, private schools are fine. I don't have anything against private <laughs> schools. My mother was a private school teacher. Uh, but uh, And they're a great choice for, for parents to send their kids to schools. There's a number of options that are out there. But we serve 140,000 st uh, students in Dallas ISD. And there are you know, more than a million kids that are going to schools within the state of Texas. Um, it's important for us to make sure that our public schools are adequately funded. And if we redirect dollars uh, to private schools, we don't think that helps our kids in Dallas ISD, nor do we think that there's even enough capacity, near enough capacity uh, to meet those needs in private schools. There's a reason why they're called private schools. They're private. They get to select their kids. Right. Uh, we, you know, we take everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where they come from. And, and we want to do what's best for all of them. And the programs that we have are programs that they don't have in private schools and never will. So we believe, again, very passionately that, um, that these are really considered private school subsidies rather than anything that's going to help our kids. Right. How do you think that private school subsidy programs will impact the quality of education in Texas? I don't think that they're going to help at all. If anything, I think that they're going to decrease student achievement. Because here's the thing. We, you and I know that there are a lot of private schools that are already open in Dallas. Right. Um, those schools are already filled to capacity. So what's going to happen if you bring in this program is you're going to have these other smaller private schools that are going to pop up around town to take advantage of this program. Those schools we don't think are going to be very good for our kids. Um, Florida has a similar program. And within two years, 61% of the kids, 61% have returned back to public schools because these are little pop-up providers that really don't have near the, the resources, near the programs, near the facilities that we offer in Dallas ISD or in other school districts throughout the state. Okay, great. How will the private school subsidies affect students from low-income families who may not have the means to afford private school tuition or keep up with that tuition? It would be one thing if these private school subsidies would actually fully fund uh, an education for kids in Dallas. The, the thing is, is that they don't. Um, the number that they have, um, the legislature has put forward has been, they would give $8,000 uh, or $8,000 would follow the child. So it wouldn't go to the child or the parents. It would go to the, the private school. Most private schools in Dallas cost well more than $12,000, and there are some that, that charge more than $30,000. So uh, the idea that you can take this $8,000 and apply it to a private school and, and get into a Green Hill, Green Hill is at least $30,000, not to pick on them, but that's, you know, a, a parent would need to come up with an additional $22,000 just to be able to go to that school. Um, parents can't do that. 
many parents can't do that. And so they choose not to, and they've got great options that we have within Dallas ISD. Okay. And you talked about this a little bit earlier, but if a student is to receive a voucher to attend a private institution, what are the risks? The student can still be denied admission and what else? Yes, the student could be denied uh, admission um, because private schools don't have to take every child. They don't have to take kids with uh, learning difficulties. They don't have to take Mm -hmm. uh, kids who uh, speak other languages. Uh, They're not set up to do that. So um, we are, we, we serve all kids. We love all kids. So I, I don't think that they're equipped really to, to take that on. And so, as I was mentioning before, what's happened in other states is you have these little schools that will, that will pop up and uh, they, they cannot serve the needs of kids. And it may look all uh, flashy. They may, okay. you know, do some kind of big marketing mm-hmm. campaign. Hey, hey, come here. We, we'd love to have your child. In the end, it's it's not good for our kids. Do you think that it's possible for private school subsidy programs to lead to increased segregation and inequality in education? You know, I I really don't know. Um, that's that would remain to be seen. I just know that in other states that they have um, been much more expensive than they initially thought. Right. Um, in a state like Arizona, um, there's. Um, they initially set aside like $65 million to go to, uh, you know, this, this program It's costing them now. It's going to cost them about $900 million. So it's, it's bad fiscal policy too. So not only does it not help student achievement, it's, it's really um, can be very quite costly uh, to the state uh, if you were to, to go with a program like this one. All right. Besides it being costly, do you know of any other potential long-term effects of the private school subsidy program and how that could impact the state of Texas and our education system? Long-term effects, um, you know, again, like I mentioned before, 61% of the kids in, in Florida have returned back to public schools. They don't get it within two years of the, pro, you know, going to a, a private school. They don't get those two years back. Right. Um, and it's, it's not unlike uh, going through a pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, when we all experience learning loss, our kids experience learning loss. So catching those kids up, that's a problem. Uh, that becomes a, a real challenge for schools to try to make up for that lost time where they're not with a certified teacher, where they're not uh, having the same kinds of experiences that the rest of the kids uh, in our schools have. And let me point something else out too. Um, in Florida, their program uh, is being used to pay for, you know, frivolous things such as TVs and kayaks and uh, theme park tickets. Mm. And, um, you know, so that they do not, they have not held their schools or or these programs quite as as accountable as what they do with public schools. And so we we take great issue with that. Yeah, yeah, completely understandable. Before we move on and take a quick break really quick, do you have anything else that you want to share about the voucher? everything going on with this issue? Well, this has been tried before in the state of Texas. They tried it, uh, I think, in 2007, about, you know, 16 years ago. And then they, it always kinds of, re, you know, resurfaces. Um, and so this time the governor has made it a, a big agenda of his. Uh, we respect the governor, but uh, we, we just uh, agree to disagree on this particular topic. Uh, we know that he's a, a public school graduate, um, but... Um, 
you know, on this one, we just think that it's uh, it's not good for kids and it's not good for public education. Any dollar that gets taken away from public education is a dollar um, that we think could be going to helping pay for, our, you know, pay our teachers more, uh, particularly at a time when inflation has been what it's been over the last four years. Mm -hmm. We all know that. Um, and uh, and so we just we just don't see the financial benefits of this at all. Yeah, completely understandable. Well, as we wrap up the discussion on private school subsidies, we will next jump in to public school funding and the potential special session, as well as briefly touch on the lawsuit that has been publicly announced that Dallas ISD has joined. So we'll be right back with those. Dallas ISD is home to an array of specialty schools and programs, which means opportunities are here. Explore them all at Discover Dallas ISD, the largest school fair in the city, Saturday, November 4th at W.H. Adamson High School. For more information, visit dallasisd.org forward slash discover and turn your child's options into opportunities. Now that we have discussed private school subsidies, we are going to jump into questions about the public education special session that could potentially be happening, as well as Texas public school funding issues that might arise over the next couple of years. And some listeners may already be familiar with this as it has been publicly announced that we, Dallas ISD, are in support of joining the law lawsuit. And we will be touching a little bit more on that with John. John, can you explain the public education special session and what is coming with that? Well, um, yes, there's... Yes and no, uh, okay. and and the no is that it has not formally been called yet, so we have not had a chance to read the language Everything. that the governor has will be using. But that should be coming out uh, probably in the next few days, and maybe by the time people listen to this <laughs> podcast, uh, it will be out there. But uh, we expect that this will deal with not only uh, what we we're talking about in terms of uh, private school subsidies. Uh, but also in terms of uh, public school funding. And during this uh, regular legislative session back in the spring, um, all of the additional funding that was going to go to public schools was essentially held hostage, essentially held back uh, because um, this, the Texas Senate wanted to push for what we're calling private school subsidies. The Texas House was saying, no, we, need, we think that there needs to be funding. Uh, for Texas public schools. And so the two of them could not come to an agreement. And so that's why we are where we are. So the tough thing for us is that, um, you know, we're at a point where there's a $32.7 billion surplus that was available mm -hmm. to state lawmakers, but none of that really flowed through to school districts this right. year, uh, in part because uh, the Senate and the House could not come to an agreement. So that's what's going to happen during this uh, special session that uh, we're expecting to start in the middle of October. What measures by the district are being taken to ensure that districts across the state here in Dallas are adequately funded and able to provide quality education to all of our students, uh, regardless of their background or even financial situation? Well, we're, um, we're obviously very aware of the, of inflation and how much it has cost us over the course of the last four years. Uh, inflation has gone up about 19% since the last increase to public school funding. And we were able to give a, 
only a 3% raise to our teachers this last year. So you can see the disconnect between, um, you know, or the gulf between uh, how much um, inflation has risen and then how much we were able to give to our, to our staff members. So what we've done over the course of the last couple of months is we've worked with other urban school districts, suburban school districts, rural school districts to all come together uh, to have a united voice to say uh, to our lawmakers, please fund our schools. Uh, we need to be paying our teachers more. We need to be paying our, our staff members more, our team members more, uh, custodians, um, librarians, uh, everybody uh, on our campuses, they deserve more money to be able to make ends meet. And so uh, with the United Voice, we, we think that we think that that's our best chance uh, for being successful during this session, but also understanding that the House and Senate are still you know, mm -hmm. locking horns over this. Right. And with that united voice and having everybody join together, what is the overall idea of that there is an investment on public education? And what is that return on investment? There's a, a group out of Waco, um, not chipping you know, <laughs> Chip and Joe, uh, but uh, there's a group called the Perryman Group, uh, which did a, a big study back in uh, in March of this year, and um, what they what they learned was that for every dollar that's invested in public education, there's a fifty seven dollar return, uh, meaning that uh, you know kids who come out of public schools um, are more productive uh, that they. Uh, better opportunities for jobs, whether they're, um, you know, just graduating from high school and getting uh, a certification in a program such as what we've got over at our career institutes in uh, HVAC or uh, electrical or um, or welding or uh, even mechatronics. We, we offer so many things in our career institutes, but then also at our P-TECH programs uh, where students are coming out of uh, out of high school with an associate's degree as well as their high school diploma. And then you've got kids that are going off to college as well. So uh, for every dollar invested, the Perryman Group out of Waco found that uh, there's a $57 return on that investment. Do you know if they have found a ratio for public sectors versus private sectors and that financial uh, means? No, uh, in terms of how it works with private schools, um, no, I, I'm not aware of that. I think that, um, you know, there, there is a role for private schools, uh, in our nation and, and it's been there for a long time, but that's a choice. It's a, it's a great choice for parents to have, but, uh, they don't have near the capacity that our public schools have. We're set up to, to work with all kids, uh, from every background mm -hmm. and with every, ability or disability, we work with all of them. Okay. In the event that there is a call to action to have a special session, how will the decisions made during that special session on public education impact the future of education in Texas? And what steps are being taken to ensure that these decisions will be successful? This last school year, uh, we did make a huge deal out of it, but our School Board of Trustees passed a budget that was a $186 million deficit budget. Wow. All right. So think about that for a second. They dipped into our savings of $186 million. Now, not a lot of us have $186 million just laying around. <laughs> we did not. Uh, and uh, 
and neither does our school district. We're, we've only got so much left in our fund balance. So mm. that's not sustainable. Uh, we're a big school district. Um, there's a lot of smaller school districts that are out there that don't have uh, quite a fund balance, and they're just going from year to year. So uh, without additional funding, those smaller school districts really are in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't about just Dallas ISD. This is about every small town in Texas and how it funds its school district. And, and that funding comes from the state. The vast majority comes from the state. So uh, the stakes are really high in this. And so, uh, so that's why we think it's really important for uh, there to be a separation between um, this funding idea and they've got the resources now with that mm -hmm. record surplus that the state has uh, and this idea of, of, of private school subsidies. Uh, what we're hoping is that there are two separate bills one that just deals with the funding aspect, help us help our teachers and our staff, help us meet our operational costs. And then if you want to have this other vote on this other issue, fine, go for that, but keep them separate. So that way we can make sure that our schools are funded uh, for the next two, four, six, eight, ten years. Right, right. And kind of rewinding a little bit, you've mentioned the United Front and having everybody join together in support of this. So what can Dallas ISD parents and community members do to help get involved or even just show their support? Yeah, thank you. Great question. Number one is be informed. And thank you for listening to this podcast so that that way you can be informed. Uh, number two, contact your lawmaker and let them know how you feel. Um, if the, Most of our lawmakers in, in, uh, that represent us in Dallas ISD are very supportive. And, but let them know, please. By all means, um, help us help our teachers and staff um, support public education. So reach out to them. Phone calls are great. Emails are great. Letters or cards are great. Um, contact your friends. Let your friends know the same thing. Um, there needs to be a lot of attention on this issue. So every little bit helps to move the needle uh, to support public education. This is this is a big thing. Right. And so keeps me up at night and, um, <laughs> because I, I just think about, I think about the nurse out at uh, San Jacinto Elementary School. I think about, um, you know, everybody that's working for our school district and how they're, they're relying upon us uh, to do what's right, to support public education. It is uh, the best hope for 90% of the kids in the state of Texas. It's the best hope for 140,000 students who attend Dallas ISD schools. And it's important that we just continue to, to do all we can to join hands together uh, uh, to support public education, support Dallas ISD and every other school district in the state of Texas. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, do you have anything else you want to share about these topics? Anything that we've missed maybe <laughs> i don't think so i th thank you so much for for having me on the yeah, program absolutely. great questions i really do appreciate it i just hope everybody pays attention during this next month we all get we all get busy with so many other things there's you know there's football games there's soccer games <laughs> there's uh pta meetings there's jobs you know i understand all that but right. but this one is one that we all really need to be plugged into and so i hope that people do that and that uh we we have a great outcome We'll see. Yeah, I do too. Well, thank you for coming on Elevated Engagement this thank week. You. Thank you.
Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. We hope that you found the discussion informative, entertaining, and thought-provoking. We truly appreciate your time and attention, and we value your ongoing support. Before we wrap up, we want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media, such as Facebook and Instagram, to stay up to date with all things family and community engagement, and keep you actively engaged in your child's education. We also want to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics that you want to hear covered, please don't hesitate to reach out via email or fill out the Google form called episode suggestions on our social media in the parent newsletter and again in the description of this podcast. We love connecting with our audience and hearing your thoughts. Once again, thank you for joining us for Elevated Engagement this week and we hope to see you again next time.